Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fan With. This is Steven Strom here to talk to you with one Nikki Grayson. Yo, again. What up? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to step on your intro. I'm, I'm not your kid. I've already ruined everything. <laughs> uh, it's nice to see you again, Nikki. Yeah, it's good to get to be back. Yeah, hear you again anyway. We are once again missing Merritt. We were not uh, expecting to miss her this uh, week, but uh, she's still just missing one core component of her audio setup that uh, need. she has a new microphone but needs a thing to plug her microphone into her computer. So it is just the two of us again one, this week. But hopefully we will have a full cast starting next Tuesday, Wednesday, depending on when you hear this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The dongle life is truly cursed. The dongle life is extremely cursed. I know this as somebody who uses a dongle for my headphones and switches between the PS4 and the PC all the time mm-hmm. and forgets that that's a thing I need to do until we're already recording the podcast and it's like, oh no, I can't hear yeah. anybody. <laughs> Why did we even start this? This is ridiculous. Uh, hi, how you doing? Good. Just tired. Uh, just literally moments ago. Uh, you asked why I was tired, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I said I was going to wait. And um, it was because I went out to the desert to listen to some music. Right, um, yeah. Which was truly an experience. Right, um, right. And, uh, yeah, what about you? How was, how was your weekend and week so far on this Tuesday? Uh, probably not as exciting as yours in the grand scheme of things. Um, my weekend was good. It was It was very weird it was very much me like uh, not knowing what i wanted to do or play and or more specifically me doing this thing that i always do which is like me sitting around uh my apartment kind of thinking to myself i don't know what i want to play i should try 37 different games that i own Mm -hmm. and have bought in the past and never done anything with and play them for like five minutes a piece and not do and not feel any of them and (laughs) bounce off immediately and then realize about six hours later that actually what i'm experiencing is that i didn't feel like playing video games at all yeah and i just need to remember that that's the thing that sometimes people don't want to do some people Mm -hmm. want to try different things at different times um so i ended up reading a book or something i I read uh manga technically so just for the it's r- books. Yeah. On it, World Book Day, which is today, we celebrate all books. Is today World Book Day? Is that what it says it, on time? Today is World Book Day. Beautiful. Well, I was reading some Golden Kamui over the weekend, which is my fa- pretty much my favorite series, uh, which people have probably heard me talk about in the past. But uh, yeah, it sounds like you had a more interesting weekend. I, uh, I played a game uh, this weekend. Um, it's a brand new... ARG experience um, that only lasts for two weeks. Um, really, it's only it's about six days. Um, it's called Coachella Coin, right? <laughs> uh huh. And uh, it involves you taking your mobile device and uh, walking up to public art and mm. then taking pictures of it. So um, Golden Voice, the corporation that owns Coachella, can give you coins that you then can exchange for a bandana. Okay, so it's like Pokemon Go, but for garbage. Correct, yes, okay. correct. Um, <laughs> uh, it was too hot to play this video game, A. B, there was something called, like, when you, so, like, you go through the thing in the app, and you sign up, and uh, it's like, do you consent to having cryptocurrency token, like, <sighs> cryptocurrency tokens through this app? And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like they mining Bitcoin. It's through, what it sounds and like. I like I read the thing and it didn't really say it. And I was like, all right, whatever. Um, and then I was like, it's I'm okay with this because I'm gonna get a free bandana. And then they were out of all of the bandanas, so I walked around and took pictures of things for no reason. And then I didn't get a bandana. They didn't even have like a consolation prize or anything. It's just like, no, 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 no. or or mm-hmm. like a notification that said, "Hey, we're out of the stuff. Please stop walking around mining Bitcoin for us." Nope. Oh my god. Well, of course they they wouldn't if they were having you mine Bitcoin for them. They I'm sure they want as much like overhead as they can, or as little overhead as they can. Just, yeah. Weird. Just, it was wild. To clarify, you were actually at Coachella. I was actually at Coachella, if this is unclear. Yeah, yeah, I was at the music festival. It was very hot. Um, That was it. That's my entire review of the music festival. It's very hot. And there's a lot of dust. 
Um, and Justin Bieber was there. Oh, I was also. gonna say. I was gonna say no, no actual music there by the sound of it. That's interesting. <laughs> bold choice, bold new direction for Coachella this year. But I, uh, you know what? It's 2019. We've all got to try new things. We've got to stay yeah. relevant in this new economy. Mm-hmm. Just bring out Justin Bieber to just stand there. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody which... threw him a burrito at one point, and he's like, "What do I do with this? What do I do with this? What is this?" What someone direction? did. <laughs> someone did throw, I think, a lemon at Ariana Grande. When she was on stage huh. during her set, which was real, real bad of that person to do, because she was on very high heels. Why um, a lemon? Is that a thing? Is that like a were, political statement? Um, no, there were ten. So they were also selling ten dollar lemonades. Um, uh huh. This is a. It's truly a busted, busted economy. Um, the lemonades were ten dollars, but as part of the lemonade experience, they gave you half of the lemon that they used to produce said lemonade, um, <laughs> as I guess a gift. Um, hey, we were gonna you... throw this out. We've squeezed all all the lemon part of it, but uh, if you want it, I guess you can you have just it. Want this? Mm-hmm. So they were just all over the floor. I felt really bad for the staff because, oh my god, like people, the people who attend these festivals are awful. By and large, is what I've gathered. Right? Um, yeah. And they oh, just so they're leave people. Their stuff every yeah correct yeah they're people uh so they just leave stuff everywhere so there were just like plastic bottles and lemons all over the place and i guess someone just picked up part of a lemon and i think just kind of like lobbed it in the general direction of the stage which oh my was god that's yeah that's pretty that's stupid I, or, I don't know how else to describe this. I've never yeah. been to Coachella or anything like Coachella, so I'm not like sure how normal that is for that kind of thing. Does a lot of stuff get thrown at something like this public and big? No. So no. like this was all this was my first time, and I just kind of assumed that people were better than that. Right. Jokes on me. Not oh yeah. The case. It, it, so here's actually maybe one of the big problems in my head. I have a. Uh, and this is a this is a fault of my own. This is me being a square. Um, but for some reason in my head, I always get uh, Coachella and Burning Man confused. Oh, yeah. This is because they're basically the same thing. Oh, they are. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> in my head, Burning Man is like, that's just like, Burning Man describes like the state of the people there. It's like, Correct. like no, we're just lighting each other on fire. It's mass hysteria, cats and dogs living together. Uh, nobody, like all laws are on hold on purge night. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Burning Man, and I in my head I see Coachella being much the same way. So like you say, like a lemon being thrown, I was just like, oh okay, that sounds exactly like the kind of thing that I would expect. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, weekend weekend two is so there are two weekends for Coachella because the Golden Voice wants to make more money. Oh. Um, weekend two the because the show because the festival happened a weekend before, um, and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people there. They basically like have destroyed the grass mm. and turned all of it into just dirt. So there are just dust storms because oh. the wind will pick up weekend two and then it will just blow dirt and dust across the polo fields. Okay. Um, and then you will lose vision. It's like um, it's like in The Division. You know in The Division, the first one, when they released that DLC where there was a snowstorm? Uh-huh. It's like that. Okay. Well, the the other thing too is I live in North Dakota, so I have actually been in many oh, a yeah. snowstorms. <laughs> like so real it's like ones. that real thing that happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Did you? Was there anything like actually interesting? Like you said, Ariana Grande was like. There anything in there that you really liked? Like in terms yeah, of actual music. If, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of of musicians that I liked. Uh, Boy Pablo. If and if y'all haven't listened to them, um, very fun. Um, the, if, if anything, I had a really good time watching the ways that the productions were set up. Mm. So like there was a, like a reggaeton producer who I was not familiar with. So apologies if I get this name incorrect. I think his name is Jay Balvin, Balvin, um, who just produces reggaeton and his entire aesthetic basically was like super wild to me. It was kind of a hybridization of like internet like internet imagery in the form of like emoticons and emoji and like huh. and like kind of vapor wave e a little bit okay um kind of like all smushed together with like latinx culture it was very cool very cool and interesting to watch unfold um and yeah 
Zed was also there, so it was there were dubstep noises. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. You. I mean, yeah. I feel like at this point, dubstep has just like percolated into all other genres of music, mm-hmm. and is just like, oh, uh, Garth Brooks is up there singing. Oh, oops, there's some dubstep on the chorus now. Like yep. that's that's just gonna happen. It's weird. It's weird how that goes. It's weird how that goes. I feel like dubstep went away, like dubstep the genre, but then also is just it, all genres are now dubstep. Right. Which is super wild because, like, for Kingdom Hearts 3, right. like, Skrillex came back from wherever Skrillex went to produce that new track with the person, with the lady who sang Simple and Clean. Hikaru Yutada, I think her name is. Yes. Um, and I forgot that Skrillex was, uh, like, a huge part of the music scene for uh-huh. a very long time and then just kind of faded away and then has come back in this very niche way that like the people who the the overlap between people who like kingdom hearts a whole lot and also like skrillex i feel like Mm, that that diagram mm -hmm. is kind almost a circle um see see, i don't like skrillex that particularly much i don't dislike skrillex either but i do like the 2000 i want to say 10 syndicate first person shooter reboot from ea that features a skrillex song in the trailer Mm -hmm. and that's a pretty good song i like that one a lot and that's the one Skrillex song I can name. <laughs> Bangarang is that a is that a Skrillex thing? Bangarang that seems yeah that that's one. Okay. And then I think there's the one where you burn the weed fields in Far Cry Three. Oh, is that's that him? One. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Oh, all right. <laughs> I never got to that level in Far Cry Three. I played like 20 minutes of Far Cry Three. I was like, oh boy, this is yeah, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It goes some places. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Um, I remember that guy who was on the box art for Far Cry 3 kind of, like, doing a bunch of, like, Instagram videos where he was just that... Apparently he's... Or at least the the Instagram personality that he presents is just that guy in that game, which is, like, burying white tourists under, like, sand up to their eyeballs or something like that and, like, (laughs) holding knives at their faces, I guess, is just what he gets up to. Uh, Which, you know what? More power to him, honestly. Those people at Far Cry 3 seem like real shit. Real real shitheads. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that uh, yeah, that was my weekend. I played a bad ARG, and then I played some threes. I didn't really play that many video games Ooh. over the course of the last week. Hey, I th- got back into threes while I was waiting in between sets. There are worse um, games to get back into than threes. Yeah, hell of a game. Still, yeah. If you don't, for some reason, don't know what threes is, um, it I guess it kind of makes sense. That game is six and a half years old or something wild like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a sliding number puzzle game where every single a uh, tile is a multiple of three, and then you are just trying to get the numbers to go up as, right. like the, to the best of your ability. Um, if you've played 2048, it's that, yeah. except it's a multiple of three. Right, and um, 2048 was was like a free ripoff of yes. threes. They basically just stripped out all the personality and yeah. made it free and stuff like that. And yes. pe- and when you tell people who play 2048 that, it's, that 2048 is based on another thing, they get very upset. Yes, they get very upset that you would like dare to imply that maybe they are not that the the thing that they like is not the original. That it's not the first one to do that thing. Yeah, that was the that was me. The entirety of my uh, first year of school was when of like of college when twenty forty eight blew up on Facebook. Back mm-hmm. when people used to play games on Facebook.com. Right, that and, was a thing. Uh, I was like, y'all, this threes it has music. And also, like, sometimes the tiles laugh, and it's very fun. Right. They have, like, the um, cute little faces. to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a yeah. bummer. That's a, that's a sad state of affairs, but that's also... I th- that's a, Speaking of things that have been going on for a long time, mobile games ripping off other mobile games. Pretty yeah. fucking uh, ubiquitous at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, did you do anything else this weekend? Just uh-huh. mostly that? Just mostly that. Have you did? Have you played anything fun and exciting in the last couple of days uh, on the video game front? Oh no, I've knocked something over. It's uh-oh. fine. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I played a couple of different things. I played. Uh, I'll, I'll go right past this. I did not say it at the top, but we're gonna try and maybe make this a pretty short cast here because uh, I gotta actually get back to something that I will get to in just a second. But uh, before I get into that, uh, over the weekend I played a little bit of Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen. Ooh. Uh, which is a pretty cool game. I don't know if have you ever heard of this? I have not. This is um, I have recently it 
I've heard it. There, there are a lot of people know about this game, and like I think far fewer people have actually played this game. But it is six or seven years old. It's like a Xbox 360 game originally. It, I, maybe it was on PS3 as well, but I remember it being on Xbox 360 for sure. Uh, probably even older than six or seven years now. Um, it is a Capcom open world RP action RPG by the director of Devil May Cry. Using I okay, and I believe the development team was the uh, was the Mortal Kombat the uh, the Monster <laughs> Hunter team. Okay, this is a lot of good things kind of it's on a, top of each other, right? And it was like it was like that guy's attempt. I don't know if it came down as like as a mandate from Capcom, but the way I've heard it described is it, it was very much like that guy saying like, "Man, Skyrim sure is popular. I bet we can make Japanese Skyrim. We could do that." And then they did that. Or they tried to do that. It's but then also with a bunch of uh, 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 Mortal. God again, I got more. I've been playing Mortal Kombat. Playing something else? Are you? Yeah, yeah. I've been playing Mortal Kombat. We'll get to that in a minute, though. I just want to talk about Dragon's Dogma because it's fucking dope. Uh, (laughs) Mortal Kombat is also dope. Though, let me don't get it twisted. Um, Yeah. It is a it is this kind of wild, um, super fast paced action RPG with very vaguely Monster Hunter esque combat, but like set in that very, you know how when like Dark Souls One came out and everybody's like, oh, this is like a super generic uh, like uh, Western fantasy kind of look, right? And, and then you play like thirty hours into Dark Souls and you realize, oh wait, actually this is full of like horrible nightmares and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it starts looking like, oh, it's skeletons in armor and you're there's knights, and then it's like by the end of that game you're like, oh, that's a dragon with a fucking mouth for a chest, and uh-huh. and it's it's a leech in its body. Um, Dragon's Dogma is like, what if they made an entire game that was just that way, leaned way into, like, the first ten hours of the Dark Souls aesthetic. Um, okay. So it's just, like, super, super generic Western fantasy sci-fi. It's uh, it's literally, the game opens up with, like, a, the the evil of all evils is a dragon. And it shows up in your town. You, you play, like, a custom character, but you're, like, a fisher person. You're a fisher. Um, in this, like, coastal town. And they come down. The, this dragon, like, appears out of nowhere pins you to the ground, like, starts destroying your town or whatever, takes out, like, its fingernail, pokes you in the chest, and rips out your heart. And then, oh, cool. And then eats it. <laughs> Yum. And then you come back to life because that's, like, the dragon's way of saying, like, hey, we, you and I are bonded now. It's like it's like the movie Dragonheart, but, like, rad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so the character's like, oh, everybody's like, oh, you're an Arisen. You're, like, the uh, like kind of a, a chosen one in this world that can't die of natural causes. You can you can die in battle, but you can't die of illness or age. Uh, so you have to go out there in the world and go find this dragon and try and slay it. Because this is, a th- like, a cycle that repeats every thousand years or something. Right. And you get, like, access to this... Uh, as, as being an Arisen, you get access to this sort of army of, like, soulless... P- human human looking creatures that don't have like consciousness or will of their own called pawns that like okay. live in a pocket dimension ooh um and they they just walk around the world they're just like all over there but they're kind of like d- huge dumbasses so everybody just kind of leaves them alone but if you're an arisen you can command them and they will work for you uh as your slaves i guess i don't that part is always kind of weird to me cuz they're like <laughs> wait so are they, are the pawns just like, so imagine a town. Mm-hmm. There are people in the town, presumably. Yeah. And then also there are pawns in the town just kind of roaming around, but totally. they don't do any. Oh. They, they're walking okay. around. They do stuff, but like the way that they kind of describe them in the game is like, like they don't really have much, like, um, like the, the spark of life that like makes you want to do things and like have dreams and aspirations and stuff like that. They just kind of like mill about and they're like, they're heartless. Kind of, yeah. I, I, it's hard to describe. It's weird because I here. Well, you know, here's my personal fan theory. I have not beaten this game. I know it's got a wild ending. People always talk about how the the last ten hours of because it's super generic fantasy until like the last mm-hmm. ten hours, and then the last ten hours are apparently just go buck wild. Um, in this like ninety hour game. <laughs> um, but you gotta get to the end. Yeah, There's just gotta deal. get there. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, it gets great after the first 13 hours, let me tell you. Once you get to Cocoon, or Pulse, or whatever the fuck Final Fantasy 13 did. Um, 
here's my personal thing here is that I think that these things, like the, these pawns or whatever, are just are just like people. <laughs> like that's just the, that I think they just want me to. I think the developers just want me to feel good about the fact that like they're, that they're kind of dumbasses that like mm-hmm. don't always obey my AI commands, and I can kind of just order them around and do whatever I want with them or whatever. But they're just people. They just talk. <laughs> like they they have. They they say they talk and they kind of repeat themselves constantly and like talk over each other a lot because you can have three of them with you in a party at one time. Right. And it's kind of become in the in the small cult community around this game. It's kind of like a meme that everybody loves that they just are constantly like shouting the same three voice lines <laughs> over each other with no like with no care for like if they're one of them is already talking. So the game is just right. constantly you're in combat against fighting some goblins or whatever, and it's just like three like random people that follow you around all the time are just screaming like they're un- they're weak to fire <laughs> at like various like echoing each other basically at like various speeds and and tones uh and and just like saying that over and over and over again for the entire game that rules yeah it's very it's a very funny game it's like not it's very self-serious it's not like intentionally funny or i don't even think very self-aware but it's just like the because it is them trying to kind of do a skyrimy type thing but as mm-hmm. a third-person action game, it's you, they're kind of like, well, we want you to just be able to interact with the world in various r- interesting and ridiculous ways. So, like, you have just, like, a, you have a grab button on top of your normal attacks. Um, and the grab button you can use to just, like, Shadow of the Colossus your way up monsters at any point. Um, and, and so it's like, oh, I'm fighting a Cyclops. And it's like a 25-foot-tall ogre with, a, you know, one eye. You can just hit, the, like, the right trigger... And start climbing on this cyclops, get up on its eye, and just start stabbing it in its fucking eye over and over <laughs> and over again. Uh, kind of, it, it's it's more like in that way, it's more monster hunty because it's it's very much like like Shadow of the Colossus is very much more interested in like simulating a sort of weakness and like kind of like you are fighting back against something that you have no business ever right, facing. Actually. Yeah. Whereas in this, you're just like scurrying up this fucking 25 <laughs> foot like ogre and just like at 30 miles an hour and just like up, and then pulling out a knife and just going like bah, 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 over and over again, um, <laughs> and like like you would almost in more in a, in a in a monster hunter, but in monster hunter when you mount a creature, it's kind of like there's a random chance uh, associated with it. Whereas right. this game is just like we want you to be able to do tons of different shit and interact with this world in a ton of different ways at any moment, and because, but when you are not like up against the monster, you can just use this grab button to pick up any object in the world, and you know you do that. You you pick up like a barrel and you break it against a wall mm-hmm. and drop some water out of it or whatever uh, is in there, or you can just go up next to any person, including your own pawns, and you'll just pick them up and firemen <laughs> carry them <laughs> over your shoulder, and you can hit the throw button and throw them at the monsters. <laughs> And sometimes they'll grab on and start like climbing up them instead and stuff like that. Oh, it's man, such that a rules. Uh, yeah, and then it's it's like super super deep like uh, class systems, like class systems in as in like the ranger, warrior, uh, mage, and all these different things. Like you're you're upgrading yourself over time and have all these wild spells and abilities you can do and. It, yeah, it's just very weird and strange and, and open-ended. I've heard uh, Another thing I've heard people kind of describe it as is like a proto-Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, whereas Breath of the Wild kind of takes a lot of these ideas and gives them a lot more direction. Whereas Dragon's Dogma is a little bit directionless in the sense right. that the story is you're looking for this dragon. But at the beginning of the game, you have no fucking idea where this dragon is. So you just kind of like go from town to town picking up side quests until like you kind of get a general sense of like where the hard monsters are and where to fight them mm-hmm. and you break off like oh i'm fighting a big mammoth thing so i want to break off its tusk because it's t- like breaking off its tusk will let me build plus three armor or whatever and and so yeah that uh it came out on switch um today yeah that's what i was gonna ask because it came out in 2013 2013 from, like, googling oh, okay and, yeah it just hit switch that's super cool yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to pick this up yeah, it's uh, 30 bucks on Switch, uh, and it comes with the expansion. There was an expansion for it called Dark Arisen um, mm-hmm. that adds, like, another 30 hours or whatever. I know some people are, like, some purists for this game really hate the expansion because it adds... So when this game originally came out, I think it had zero fast travel in it whatsoever. Oh, no. And you just had to walk from place to place. I can't remember if it had zero fast travel or if it had fast travel, but you had to use, like, these incredibly rare consumables to mm-hmm. to do the fast travel whereas the uh the new version the dark arisen version 
just add, gives you an item at the beginning of the game that's just like, here's unlimited fast travel as much okay. as you want. As long as you can find the fast travel points, which aren't right. super common, but also it's whatever. Yeah, It's better. It's still better uh, than it was before, which I know some people that's... like that, that sense that you had to walk uh, everywhere all the time. Uh, I... Not here for that. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've got shit to do. I've got other games to play. You've got people to throw. I've got people to throw at other people so that mm-hmm. they can grab those people, and then it goes into slow motion and zooms over to them, and they say like, "Here, arisen, strike now!" <laughs> and then I shoot like a magic arrow in their face, and it does quadruple damage because they're being held in a full Nelson. So is that? Wait, hold on. Are you talking about Mortal Kombat now, or is this still? Nope, that's still more, that's still Dragon's <laughs> Dogma. That's Dragon's Dogma, and also uh, the Raditz Saga from <laughs> Dragon Ball. You can just special beam cannon people. Almost, li- it's almost literally that actually, <laughs> except you don't kill your friend when you do it. Uh, but yes, I've also been playing a good bit of Mortal Kombat this morning, which also just came out like late last night at like eleven o'clock, and that's yeah. Yeah, that's been occupying a lot of my thoughts and my time because I've been capturing footage uh, for the site. Uh, are you much of a Mortal Kombat person at all? Fighting game person, even? I'm not part- outside of Smash. I'm not really a fighting game person, which oh. is something I've always kind of like wanted to change. Mm-hmm. Um, like I watch Evo every year mm-hmm. um, because that's it's the it's the most um, condensed way I can consume the the fighting game community right. uh, at one time. So basically, that's my entire experience with like fighting games. I watch Evo every year, and then I yell when the people yell because that seems to be appropriate. And then yeah, and now Sonic Fox is our best friend, yes, and the best person in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and don't worry, that's that actually is actually pretty closely mirrors my experience with fighting games i've played fighting games all my life but never really particularly gravitated toward them or understood them in any way but then every year evil rolls around and i'm like oh shit sonic fox is the coolest motherfucker on the planet and i've always been a fan of street fighter since i was four yeah exactly Uh uh-huh it's time to break out that 200 (laughs) dollars fight stick i bought last evo and used for 45 minutes last year and use it for another 45 minutes and say to myself i'm gonna learn how to play dragon ball fighters and then i play 10 minutes of dragon ball fighters and i'm like oh fuck this (laughs) the fuck i am uh, I'm gonna learn how to play this uh, special beam cannon. Oh, that yeah, that looks cool, but also it requires me to fucking press 83 buttons and have 60 bars of meter. Oh god. Uh, yeah, so that's more or less my experience with fighting games, mostly. Uh, past like Tekken, playing a lot of Tekken three when I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love Mortal Kombat. Uh, I love Nether Realm fighting games because I love their story modes. Uh, right. I don't know if you are familiar with them at all. Have you, have you played any of the recent Mortal Kombat's or Injustice? I have not. I think my understanding, or like I haven't played any of them directly. I think I watched was MK Nine, the last one that came out on the Xbox 360. It was. It came out on the Xbox 360. The, there was a sequel to that called Mortal Kombat X that came out okay. on PS4 and Xbox One. So I think I I watched one of the story mode for one of those, and I really appreciated it because it was basically like. One character walks in and then goes to a place and then they yell at each other and then another character comes in and it's like, now we're fighting. Mm-hmm. And then you fight for a while and then you go to the next thing. And it was all very fun. Um, but that's, yeah. Right. Like, the thing about these fighting games is they're very, about the Nether Round fighting games in particular, is that they are very cinematic and they are very silly and self-aware and have a lot of fun with their characters and their lore and stuff like that. Uh, especially the Mortal Kombat games, I feel. Because um, mm-hmm. the whole thing with Mortal Kombat 9 was, prior to Mortal Kombat 9, there were obviously eight other Mortal Kombat games, mainline Mortal Kombat games, that all tell this, like, the first three are kind of the ones that everybody cares about. It was like, okay, there's the tournament, and then there was another tournament, and then the bad guy tried to skip the rules of the tournament, and they beat him. And then they that's kind of, like, formed its own trilogy. And then right. from there, it's just like an escalating series of like, oh, and then there's a new bad guy, and they beat that bad guy, but there was another ancient evil that was being sealed by that bad guy, so they have to fight the next ancient evil. Oh, but now the good guy from the second game is the bad guy, so you got to fight him. And it just gets convoluted and wild in a way that I think a lot of people fell off of, especially right. as the games themselves moved away from like a 2D fighting to 3D fighters. Mm-hmm. Then in Mortal Kombat 9, they uh, did the Star Trek 2009 reboot thing of, like, 
jumping forward in you know it, it's it's basically that game starts with the end of the previous game and the like kind of the two surviving guys like the the last surviving good guy and the last surviving bad guy and the last surviving good guy sends a message back into the past saying like hey everybody's going to die unless you do unless you change the timeline so then mortal kombat 9 is a retelling of those first three games um but with with uh time travel involved like like oh, the that's super cool yeah so it's like, oh, we, we you know, they, we don't know what happens in the future, but we have a message from the future that says he must win. And so they start playing with the continuity of what happened in those first three games because they're like, oh, okay, we know we need to change the timeline, but we don't know what we need to do. We don't know who must win or what they must win. So we're going to change things here and there. So characters who were alive at that point in the original timeline start dying and characters who were dead in the original timeline are now alive and gets a bunch of weird stuff like that. Mortal Kombat that sounds super cool. Oh, sorry. Oh no, I was saying that sounds super cool. Yeah, it's super, it's super cool. It's super fun and and fan servicey and and wild and wacky. Mortal Kombat X, the the sequel to that, is like jumps forward twenty five years in the future. So it's like the next generation. The, a lot of the a lot of the uh, kids of the original cast are like kind of the main characters in that game. And now in Mortal Kombat eleven, the big story beat is that the like kind of god of time. It has shown up, and she's, like, pissed because the timeline keeps getting interrupted. Like, it keeps getting messed with. So she's, right. like, she's come back, and she's, like, I'm gonna take p- fighters from the, the uh, from the past and the future and bring them all together and rewrite the timeline as I see fit, and I'm gonna, you know, force all of you guys to fight your, your younger selves and your future selves to fight your present selves and all kinds of wild stuff. So characters who are dead in both timelines can now come back because fucking they're from 30 years ago you can get a bunch right. of costumes like oh this is his costume from mortal Kombat deadly alliance because who fucking cares <laughs> time is all weird um yeah so a lot of cool stuff like that the, the, the story mode is really really interesting really really cool like they do a lot of um fan servicey stuff along the, those lines and whatnot and then obviously there's like the the latter storylines where it's like they can get really wacky because those are all non-canon they can get really right. wacky with like Oh, when this character gets the power to control time, what do they do? And uh, did you see the one with uh, for Jax? That uh, certain? No, I haven't. Do you want? <sighs> yeah, I want to know. Do you want to know? Okay. Yes. It's the the ending is great. Like the, like don't get me wrong, but of course there were. Oh boy. Okay, so the whole thing with like you know in fighting games like basically you you have your main story mode, which is kind of like okay, this is the canon ending. For this is for people who don't know. Um, and then each character can then also go down, like, a ladder where it's just like, okay, fight ten enemies in a row, and then you get to see, like, a little cool cutscene that's, like, very fanservice-y, non-canon thing. Right. In the non-canon ending for Jax, uh, he, uh, because he takes, you know, takes out the main villain and gains the power to control time, (laughs) goes back in time, and, um rewrites history so that the transatlantic slave trade never happened oh hell yeah yeah right <laughs> such a good ending <laughs> they just fucking went for it in this huge way and then like that rules it's so good um and then like i'm oh, sure i'm sure the community is really happy with that oh yeah uh per, like well I, the community i think more or less is uh in general i think the the people who like these games oftentimes i think know how stupid they are uh, mm-hmm. But there were definitely some YouTubers out there. Like, this came to my attention. I've not seen this ending personally yet. But this came to my att- uh, attention because somebody on Twitter posted about how some fucking far-right YouTuber was saying, like, Mortal Kombat is advocating white genocide. And it's just like, oh, oh. boy. <laughs> YouTube still out there being YouTube, huh? <laughs> still doing what you do. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, now I have to play it. It is pretty damn good uh just you know even going away even if you're not like a fan of like the the or even if you don't know the mortal Kombat lore and stuff like that i actually think that this has some incredible um tutorials uh like probably the best tutorials i've ever seen in a fighting game uh it basically has like a, a whole like glossary of just like fighting game jargon and terminology and like explanations of like hey when people say mix-ups, and you know, when that commentator at Evo said like Sonic right. Fox is using a mix-up character, this is what a mix-up means, and this is oh, why you want to do it. Oh, I love it! Yeah, it's so that's good. The thing that's the thing that I I always run into, and it's the same with like all of the games for or like the 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 genres that for which I 
get in very briefly and then hop out, which mm. is, I forget what the words mean. So, like, for Evo, like, there are so many games, and the, and some of, most of the vocabulary um, is transitive, but, like, there are some very specific words that I immediately forget as soon as the stream ends, and then for, like, the international, it's the same thing. Like, I just forget words, so, like, having a having a resource, like, that kind of built into the game to be like, this is what this is. So now you know what it is. So when you do it, you're not surprised that you've A, done it. Totally. And B, you can identify it when it actually happens or mm-hmm. if it's happening to you. Yeah, and it, it has like, uh, I think this is a thing in other in other fighting games as well, but it, it, it's straight up like whenever, if you do a counter or a punish, it will appear on screen next to your character no matter what mode you're playing in. And, and say, like, counter, punish, or whatever. And then when you go into that mode, it will tell you, like, hey, this is a counter, this is a punish. Look for this in future matches. Now you know what, right. when that appears on screen, you know what that means. We're going to, like, we're going to keep reminding you over and over again that this is what that is. So in the future, if you see that and you have forgotten what it means, you mm-hmm. now know the specific word to look for. Go back into this, like, kind of glossary thing, this kind of, uh, uh, the, these advanced tutorials or whatever. Look for the chapter that, like, mentions what a punish is and, like, okay, replay the punish chapter. And it's like, oh, okay, right, this is what this is. Like, frames, advantage, safe on block, unsafe on block, yada, 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 all this stuff. It's, yeah. That's awesome. That's super cool. I feel like all all games should have that. Yes. Uh, like all 100%. competitive games, I feel like, should someone should have to sit down and be like, you need to explain this to a person who's never played a video game before. Totally. And it would, like, it would accessibility-wise make so many things so much easier. Right. And I think I feel like this is, we, we talk about this with regards to games, like, obviously the big discourse a couple weeks ago was Sekiro, and whether Sekiro mm-hmm. should have an easy mode or a hard mode or whatever. Um, and I feel like we talk about those with games that are like that that are in genres that the basic inputs are simple enough that like there is a critical mass of people who are interested in playing those games can get into realize that this is too hard for them and then have that conversation. But then right. I f- I feel like we don't talk about that as much in fighting games because so so often we just kind of write off fighting games as like oh it's a fighting game I'm not I'm never going to understand fighting games. So I'm just not going to care enough to talk about whether or not this fighting game could be more accessible or not. Yeah. Um, whereas a, a game like this kind of just steps out of nowhere and says, like, hey, we, like, we can put stuff in here to make this stuff make more sense. Even, you know, even if we're not, like, necessarily um, making it more accessible just to, like, input commands and stuff like that, you know, maybe they are just on the background, like, maybe it requires, like, less speed to input this combo than it does mm-hmm. in a, an Arxis game. Uh or something, but like we're just going to have really, really, really robust tutorials that are like even in games that I think are kind of lauded for having good tutorials, like Guilty Gear. I think like people often talk about like, oh yeah, it's got a good tutorial. It tells you how to do a Roman cancel, and it's just like, but motherfucker, I don't know what, what a Roman one? cancel is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know what a cancel is, and then like Roman cancel is this weird other extra layer of like their own weird Guilty Gear bullshit or whatever. But like the fact that this game just goes down to like drills so far down into the basics or whatever is such a good step in the right direction to me right um and uh, yeah like you said i think uh i think if we just had more stuff more stuff like this in other fighting games but even if we don't i already feel like this game has taught me things that i will be able to take with me to future fighting games um and that's super exciting which is awesome yeah like that's super cool like that's that's the stuff that like i was kind of disappointed this is like I was kind of disappointed with, like, Smash Ultimate, if only Mm. because I feel like that was a really good opportunity. Between, like, people, no one played Smash 4, and (laughs) then people probably hopped off. Like, the last Smash game that people probably actually played in earnest, like, most people, was Brawl, which was on the Wii, which was, like, over a decade ago for most people. But a bunch of people bought a Switch, and then new people who have never... Like, the Switch is such a weird and interesting thing that people who had not played games outside of on mobile have now have this thing that they are playing different and new types of video games to them on Mm -hmm. i feel like smash was like a perfect opportunity for nintendo to be like all right we're gonna explain what this game is because everyone like quote knows how to play it because you've been playing it since you were six but also if for whatever reason you've never played smash before we're going to actually, like, walk you through as opposed to just kind of, like, tossing you in and being like, you've played Smash before. Like, and then not kind of explaining 
why anything is anything. Right. Um, and, and Smash is such like a populist game. Like it is, it is, or it is a ultra ultra hardcore game masquerading as a populist game because mm-hmm. it is like. Oh, you've never played a Smash game before, but you like Link and you know Samus. Why don't you, right. you know, jump in here and play a game where they get to fucking beat each other to death? I guess, <laughs> um, you know, be like you do. Uh, but then you get into that game and it's just like, oh, this is none of the stuff that I actually like about the games that those characters are in makes any sense to me because, right. like, I don't know how, like, this has become such its own thing in the like the intervening twenty years since the uh, Nintendo sixty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, which leads me to my next question. Nikki, can you tell me what a wave dash is? Okay, so a wave dash is when you hold a Nintendo GameCube controller in a very specific way, and I think you move the left stick, which is the move one, back and forth very quickly and kind of jump, maybe. I know I think it gives you invincibility invincibility frames, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or it's a way to move around the map. Is it or something? Wait, is that unclear? The, is it the thing that makes you slide across the ground without actually moving? Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? I wave. Dash. I know that's what a thing. Is waved? Can you wave dash in um, Mortal Kombat? You cannot wave dash in Mortal Kombat. You can dash <laughs> cancel in Mortal Kombat. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, fucking. That's the deal breaker. <laughs> if you can't wave dash, I'm out. <laughs> that wave goes dashing is a technique. Thanks to, uh, we're over at uh, Smash Wiki, mm. um, so thanks to the people over there. Uh, a wave dash is a technique slash physics engine exploit in Melee and Ultimate that is performed by air dodging diagonally into the ground, causing the character to slide a short distance. Right. Why would you do that, though? Because it allows you to move and block at the same time, I think is how that works, or mm. something like that. You could, because you the the... Game, I've tried. So the reason I asked you is because I thought you might know because I've tr- I've researched this in the past, but I still have no fucking idea how to wrap my head around it. Um, I think it allows you because the game thinks you're standing still, but the physics are still moving you forward, so you can do all the stuff you would normally be able to do just by standing still, while also closing distance on people at the same time. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm watching a GIF now, and Luigi just slides a bunch. So this yeah. makes sense. Right. Cool. Luigi is an esper. Fenwith <laughs> is an educational podcast where we teach you all of the things that you need to know about wave dashing. And that's it. That's yep, it. That's all we do. It's just it's a wave dash and wave dash only podcast. Welcome, uh, welcome back next week when we've changed the name of the show to Fan Wave Dash. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I think that's more or less everything I've been doing. Like I said, I'm I was kind of hoping to keep it to a short episode this week, and I think uh, I think yeah, we I think we did dropped it. enough knowledge on the people. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm gonna I didn't I didn't expect to want to hop into Mortal Kombat, but you you talking about it has has uh, changed my tune. I think I'm gonna hop in. Yeah, because I've it's, I've just been like freaked out. Like that's the thing. Like I look at fighting games and I'm like, okay, I want to be able to chop a person in half, but I don't know what buttons to press or like how to do it. Right. So if the game is like very kind in its understanding of the fact that maybe i don't know how to do this thing and is not (laughs) angry with that fact Uh uh-huh then like i'm extremely down yeah i think it's probably the friendliest fighting game i've played in a long time which is so goofy to say because of it's Uh a game where you can like hit somebody on the back of the head so hard that their brain flies out heck yeah (laughs) but yeah uh 100 um if you do pick it up let me know maybe we can uh kill each other yeah Uh, sounds great that sounds amazing so, anyway, uh, if you all want to kill each other, in, you can buy Mortal Kombat in stores now. <laughs> I guess. In stores right now. On store shelves right now. And if you want... Do you think... If you showed you Mortal Kombat, this is 11. If you showed y- yourself in 2000 and... Let's say 6. Sure. Mortal Kombat 11, what would you do? Like, what would your brain do? I feel like I would... Be like, this is not a this is not a video game. Two thousand six. What are we talking? Well, okay, so two thousand six was uh, right around the time that the Xbox three sixty and PS three had just mm-hmm. been. I think the Xbox three sixty was out in two thousand six, and the PS three was coming out soon. 
So, like, I bet that was around the same time that the Killzone 2 demo happened. So I'd be like, I, I think yeah. I think I'd be super skeptical. I think I would be like, well, that's obviously just fucking fake because Sony yeah. obviously like just showed us a bunch of fake bullshit. So <laughs> like, what is this? Even? Like, yeah, right. Fucking like, sure. Cool computer vision you've created. Yeah. Um, also, I am curious. I'm slightly curious what Mortal Kombat games were out in 2006. Now Ooh. that's probably a fun uh, fun comparison point too. I, because I was convinced every time, before I understood how video games worked, mm-hmm. I was convinced that that one, like, whatever system I was using was the peak and that we weren't oh, ever going to get any better. Really, yeah, So, like, yeah. when I, I had a SNES, like, in the house when I was a child, and then I went from the SNES to the 64, and then I was like, oh, this is video games. Like, we're not going to get any better than this. And right. then my mind was just continually blown every time until I, like, understood how video games and computers worked. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, this just looks like real life. You can't look better than real yeah. life, so I don't understand. <laughs> like, you can't make this look any better mm-hmm. than uh, Perfect Dark. Like, that's just, a, that's just photorealism. It's like looking in a window. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking into a window in, into a d- different world. And the, and the fiction is that they have laptop guns, but, like, that's just that's just storytelling. That's world building. Uh, everything else, though, that's real. Boy. I don't know. I, I hear people uh, talk about that. Like, you were definitely not the first person I've heard that has had that sentiment. I don't know that I ever really gave it that much thought as a kid. As a, as a younger person. Right. Like, I never thought to myself, like, well, video games will never look better than this. But not because I'm like... Oh, well, I know how computers work, obviously. <laughs> so I'm over here playing PC games. I'm playing my Red Al- Command and Conquer Red Alert 2. Um, yeah. So I've seen the arc of the universe. <laughs> and I, I know that you you PlayStation 2 users over there are just... <laughs> so far beyond. and sticks. Yes. <laughs> you might as well just beat each other with those sticks. <laughs> over here, we use a mouse and keyboard. Look at how many buttons are on this. Uh, no, I was never, that, that is not what I was like, <laughs> because I just, <laughs> at the time, I just never really thought about it. I was just like, I, I, man, I, I sure like that in Red Alert 2, when you put the guy in the building, the building changes color to make, to be your color. That, that's, that's cool. That's rules. <laughs> I, I can't remember if I talked about this on our last episode, but I was not a, I did not get into video games until way later in life. Well, not way later in life, but until, like, I was, I played video games as a kid. I played, right. like, Sonic the Hedgehog and whatnot. I played a ton of Pokemon on my Game Boy, but that was, like, kind of it for the most part until PlayStation 2 era is when I got really, really, like, oh, like, it was around the time Shadow of the Colossus actually came out. Right. Where I was like, oh, shit, video games can make me feel ways that I didn't think that they could. Yeah. Like, like I felt the way about the ending of Shadow of the Colossus that a lot of people feel about, like, Eris dying at the end of Final Fantasy VII. Right. Uh, which is such a meme at this point, but also, like, I, I get what people mean when they say that. Yeah. They can, they can, the, yeah, I, I feel like I was very excited in the same, like, in the same way, like, I was very excited when... I went from having Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 and then I found out that Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 existed Hell not yeah. knowing that that was a thing that, that people had done and they had gone from that isometric uh kind of like angle situation to this is now just a 3D video game where you, that you can manipulate entirely in space and I was like I don't need anything else. Mhm. Like this is this is the peak of video games. We're not going to get better. It's not it can't look better than these peeps. And we, this just done. And then they kept going. And then they ruined, they ruined roller coaster. <laughs> That's the actual secret here: is that oh, video <laughs> games can can change and evolve. And then you get older, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, but they just got worse. <laughs> like they yeah, just they kept just getting get bad. Worse. Like I, yeah, I was 12 years old, and I was like, oh, video games peaked. And then uh, now I'm 28, and I'm like, yeah, I was right. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, uh huh. It's not us, you know. It's we're not just broken inside and can no, never no, no, have time. fun. It's it's, yeah. so it's it's only time's fault, right? Uh, so we need. Hear me out. We need to reboot the timeline. Okay, um, we're gonna okay. remove Raiden. Uh, all right, we'll gather up our past and future selves to fight in a tournament. To fight. Okay. All right. Yeah. This uh, this flawless plan. Yeah. Flawless victory. 
Okay, <laughs> I think I'm running out of steam here on this one. <laughs> me too. Uh, Nikki, thank you so much for sitting in with me again. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. As always. Yeah. Uh, I think we definitely uh, expressed some very good information from people out there. So mm-hmm. uh, if people want to get even more knowledge from us, they can find... Where can they find you? To they can find uh, me on Twitter at Godzilla, and then uh, you, they, you, they can find Fanbyte on Twitter at Fanbyte Media. Right. Uh, yeah. Because you do a, a lot of our tweets on the Fanbyte Media. I do. Media. Yeah. Yeah. The, those, those are they come straight from my fingers, those tweets. Right. Yeah. From, from his fingers to your eyes. Eyes. Just every time you're reading a Fanbyte Media tweet, just imagine Nikki poking you in the eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same experience. <laughs> Uh, God, you can find me at at Steven Strom on Twitter. Uh, you can also read all of my stuff on um, fanbyte.com, the website. I do not tweet from our account. I've made exactly one tweet from the Fanbyte Media account, and it was perfect, and they'll never get better again. Uh, you can't get better. What was the tweet? Uh, it was the one where it's, um, look to the person on your left, look to the person on your right. Are either of these people a gamer? If not, <laughs> then I'm sorry, my friend, but you might be the gamer. <laughs> That was the one tweet. Retweet that one right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the that's been my one contribution. Much like video games, it can't get any better than real life. So since that's a right. real life, tw- that's a tweet just about real life. Um, you know, you can't improve. So uh, yeah, uh, thanks again, yeah. everybody, for uh, listening in. We appreciate you as always. You can rate and review us on iTunes or whatever people do on podcasts i don't actually know i've never had five stars it was five stars five stars or else the number goes down so you have to give five stars or just don't review it and you know fanbite we love our loot games so we always want the numbers to go higher the numbers need to go up Mm -hmm. uh so yeah and we we, i will say what we always say have always said since the beginning of time Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of this podcast and it's never been any different thanks for the knowledge We did it. It was a good one. I I appreciate that we were like, we're going to keep this one short. <laughs> <laughs>